Generals, welcome to the One Graham Army Podcast. I am Graham. For this episode, I have General's News, and I have General News, and uh, we'll see in what order those things come out, and we will get into all of those things. But initially, before before the air horns and applauses begin, uh, I wanted to congratulate... Um, former co-host of the now defunct sports with a capital F podcast, hell of a guy, a friend of mine for about as much of my conscious life as I can remember. Flebo Jackson, the third Esquire S now Poppy Fleeski. And a big congratulations to him. Now applause in their horns. And um, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. It's a great transition. It's a great way to write a new chapter. Him and um, Rebecca, very lucky to bring a healthy little girl into the world. He's going to do fantastic. And uh, I, don't, I don't mean to gush, but I think that, uh, you know, when you have had that much life experience, you've made this decision. Nick has rarely ever anchored himself to anywhere for any reason at any time. And I think that, uh, you know, as he writes this new chapter, he can draw on all of that experience to sort of help him see the world um, that he wants to try to create for his child. And I think, I think that's definitely what happened to me, and I think I'm affected uh, almost every day in my interactions in the world. And not that, like, with my daughter, I want to, like, try to, like, cut these corners and round things off and stuff, but I feel like I try to take in as much of my human interactions as much as I see in people to sort of develop sort of a way to, I don't know, help her not just recognize pitfalls, but also recognize um, things that can bring you joy and sort of to focus on how those things feel and to try to hold on to them because the world will try to wrestle them away from you. I'm not totally sure where I was going with that, but what I really, what I meant to say though, was that Felicity's going to make a great dad. Congratulations to him. And welcome to the world, to their new little baby girl. Um, it's just me, this episode. Uh, me, you, and the soundboard here. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. That was not the ideal sound. I kind of reached out. I was trying to look down over the mic at it. I'm not. I'm still not entirely proficient in the operation of this. This is a good one, though. You got any biscuits for sale in there? Mm. You got any biscuits for sale in there? Mm. Yeah, that's one of the few impressions in my, that I've ever, I ever do that I um, ever get any credit for. Because I think all my impressions are impeccable. I mean, come on. But the actual impression I think I do the best is uh, Carl from Sling Blade. But I'm not going to do it right now. No, I will. Hold on. <clears throat> what is the thing? You mean French fried potatoes? Mm. I don't know. I don't think that was as good. But I do it. It's something I do. I enjoy doing it. You ought not talk like that. He's just a boy. Well, let's see. I think I have that one, actually. Uh... You ought not talk that way. You're just a boy. 
You ought not talk that way. He's just a boy. Anyway, you judge for yourself. But anyway, it's something that I've tried to, and I need to stop saying, but anyway. So, but anyway, uh, that's something I've tried to incorporate into the podcast in the past. It rarely uh, presents an opportunity. So maybe at some point, some sort of additional content I do will be Sling Blade themed. Um, what was I, what have I been doing here? I know I wanted to congratulate Fleeski. I do have notes. They were just kind of over here. Oh, and uh, I'm by myself too also because Tony is at Six Flags. And I don't know if, I don't know if that really requires explaining. Like you want to go um, sit in Graham's office where he keeps his important work documents and listen to him say things like, this is my office where I keep my work documents a hundred times until it becomes, it wasn't ever really funny the first time, but I just keep hammering home. Or do you want to go ride roller coasters? And I think the roller coaster thing is big. Although perhaps for you, the greatest thrill in life could be to listen to the One Graham Army podcast on your headphones while going through a roller coaster. A sort of uh, torture for all of your senses or relaxation. I don't know. I'm not totally sure how this is received. I've received so much varying... uh, I don't know. Not really reviews. You know, notes, suggestions. They vary so widely when people know you're doing a podcast. Um, not all of them have been positive. So that being said, perhaps the exercise of riding a roller coaster and listening to this podcast at the same time would uh, be really good or really bad. Just how retarded are you? That, now that time the <clears throat> soundboard came in to save me but i'm getting better i want to eventually be the mozart of the soundboard because it's full of mostly like quotes and things from movies i love uh, classic films that maybe you love or maybe you'll discover something classic in the uh range of sounds on the soundboard things that i quote uh in my daily life and that's where i'd like to get those where i could drop those instead of saying them in conversation uh, not that I'm necessarily having a conversation right now, uh, but if you'd like to make it a conversation, you could call me at 847-665-9238. Join in the conversation and dial 847-665-9238. Makes it a little more two-way, you know? You just come come on with something and we'll have a talk about it. God, I don't know. It's a part of me that thinks I should go to a break, but we've only been sitting here for seven minutes, and I know what you're thinking. That was the longest seven minutes of my life. But I'm here, you know, and it's just me, and that's something that I I need to do to keep that skill sharp, but it's not something I necessarily enjoy doing anymore since I started doing podcasts with other people, and especially since uh, Tony from Pod Caviar and I started doing podcasts together. It's always nice to have another person to bump your ideas off of, help to sort of expand the scope of the conversation. Excuse me. Instead of, you know, just listening to me bounce all over the place. Um, I did that. I did that. 
Um, in general news, like not in news for generals, but just news in general, this week, um, there's something to this, and I would really like some feedback on this if anyone's done more research than I did. Excuse me, because what I did was I read one news article on the BBC website about this story of an anesthetist. See, I always thought they were anesthesiologists, but this says the man was an anesthetist. And anesthetist? Either way. And he um, killed his wife, or he's on trial for killing his wife and his 16-year-old daughter by filling two yoga balls with carbon monoxide and putting them in the car, putting them in their mini. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. Yeah, he he. He put the these yoga balls in the mini in an effort to poison his wife. Uh, the, according to this incredibly short article, which leaves way more questions than answers, and we'll get into that. Um, he was having an affair. His wife wouldn't grant him a divorce. Sort of a classic story of one of these things where people kill each other. Uh, and I guess he inadvertently killed his oldest daughter because he told her not to go anywhere with her, her mom that day. So the the cause of death was carbon monoxide poisoning, which I guess wasn't discovered initially. And then it was discovered that it was in these yoga balls that leaked into the compartment of the car. I'm guessing maybe since it was in a mini, it was in the back seat or the back seat was folded down. And I, really, I mean, seriously, the article ends with this with. Eyewitnesses said they saw Mr. Ka, an associate professor at Hong Kong's Chinese University, filling two balls with carbon monoxide. Uh, he told colleagues he was going to kill rabbits with the gas, but reports say he contradicted himself by telling police he wanted to use it to get rid of rats at his home. The trial continues. There's not a bunch of additional information before that. Who are these eyewitnesses? When was this going on? Uh, who, nobody asked any questions about this, uh, to, to which they received an answer that made any sense. And then how did he, how did he pull this off? Like, I don't mean to sound, uh, crass or unsympathetic to the loss of human life, but this is a news article. And so Carbon monoxide poisoning, I'm assuming, because I am in no way an expert on any of these things, takes a while. Like, I think you actually have to, like, become incapacitated and even still be breathing in the carbon monoxide before it kills you. And I just feel like if you were in a car and this, you started developing these sort of symptoms, you would get out of the car I don't know. But then I don't know. Wouldn't, would you be like, oh, I'm just sick. I need to get home and then keep driving the car with the windows up and go park somewhere. I'm not sure. And then it's two people. And then it happened in Hong Kong and I'm not trying to be funny, but you know, it's China who know what is the story so short yet it's fraught with interest. You know, let's see what, what did the headline actually say? Hong Kong doctor killed wife and daughter using gas-filled yoga ball. I understand that the people who write the articles don't write the headlines, and we live in a time where headlines are designed to uh, invoke that sort of reaction, and I generally ignore things like this 
but usually before the reason that the story inside isn't actually interesting or worth discussing. But this one clearly is. And the headline is Hong Kong doctor killed wife and daughter using gas filled yoga ball. How does that not pique your interest? And you go to this article and there's so little information. Uh, prosecutors say he left the inflatable ball in the boot of a car where the gas leaked out and killed them. A boot being a trunk. Uh, cause this is from the BBC pled not guilty. The case was from 2015. <laughs> Deliberately plotted to kill his wife because he was having an affair. See, that's what I'm saying. I've given you all the information they had. It's unlikely he wanted to kill his daughter. This is it. It's, it's, the sentences are broken out like they're paragraphs, but it's really like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven sentences. Covers this entire story. The specifics of which are very confusing for the reason for the reasons I just outlined. So I don't know. Maybe someone else has some insight on this. Maybe this is tasteless to discuss, but I didn't I didn't really think so because I feel like I'm coming at it pretty objectively. You know, and I, you've been, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know, I'm, you think of me as a doctor, right? Think of me as an expert on all things, uh, unless otherwise notified, right? And I'm certainly an expert on what is and is not tasteful to discuss on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, this man, anyway, so this happened. And it raised a lot of questions for me. If you have questions for me, dial 847-665-9238. How long have I been doing this? My God, we're only at 14 minutes. Um, whoa. Okay, well, I have other stuff. I, you know, I told myself I was going to do at least 30. I may play Let's Make a Deal while we do 20. But we'll see what else I got here. I write things down all the time. And they always make perfect sense. Uh, um, oh yeah, if you're on Twitter, um, and if you're unfamiliar with the OJ Simpson case and you're a baseball fan and a Cubs fan, you have to meet some or all of these criteria. But anyway, Cato Kalin, who was a former house guest, uh, of OJ Simpson, uh, before the murders were committed, was staying in his guest house. Uh, he rose to some level of notoriety, as a result of his testifying, I think he's an actor of some kind. I couldn't tell you what he's been in probably other than things that were making fun of the OJ Simpson trial after the OJ Simpson trial. Cause I also remember Cato Kalin and I remember this, this is not the result of an internet search. I remember being a kid and mad TV had like just first aired. It may have been the first or second episode of mad TV. Cause I remember seeing that when I was a kid watching that premiere, cause I was such a fan of mad magazine and they ran like a coming up next on Mad Mag on Mad TV, and it was Cato Kalin sitting in a chair just going, I did it, I did it, I did it. And then obviously the funny part was when the sketch came, he was like telling a story about stealing some girl's lunch or pulling someone's hair when he was in elementary school. But I digress severely and often. Um, but anyway, so Cato Kalin, I guess, is also a Milwaukee Brewers fan. I use air quotes for that. I mean, shit, even if you don't really care about baseball or the NL Central and you're not a Cubs fan like me, you can still get a good bit of entertainment out of this man's Twitter feed. 
I highly suggest you go to Twitter and look for Cato Kalin and follow that man. Oh, oh, that guy's tweets are hysterical. He regularly refers to the Brewers as being vomit. He writes in capital letters a lot. He's always calling for Craig Council, their manager, to be fired. He tweets some of these things in the middle of games that the Brewers win. Um, and the Brewers are better now than they have been in recent memory. Um, and up until the last few days, it looks pretty promising for him. But, I mean, there's still enough baseball left. Where you're a fan of a baseball team, you want like all your tweets to be in all caps. Like, this team is vomit. I'm going to choke... Choke Craig Council out. You keep watching this. Like, a really just, you know, telling people in Milwaukee to boycott the team. He's a very, as you can imagine, he's a strange character. But in, in this case, he's a strange character worth following. Uh, I had been meaning to mention that on the podcast several times. I even considered reading some of his tweets. But what's the fun in that when you could just go scroll through? and It's mostly just funny the way he phrases things. Um, and also speaking of Twitter and social media, I know I did an episode of the, uh, sports with a capital F podcast. And for listeners who are confused by that, I know I referenced it earlier. This podcast used to be called the sports with a capital F podcast. It was basically the same deal. Uh, A little bit more forced conversations about sports were involved, but overall it was never about sports, and that was sort of disingenuous to the listeners and to the people who came on the show. Really, I just had an idea for the name of the show, hashtag CapFSports, and then we sort of spawned a podcast from there. But if you're listening to this podcast pretty much on any podcast medium or wherever, however you're getting it, if you scroll back in the history of the podcast to like past episode 117, I think, it's the Sports or the CapLeft podcast. But it's the same thing. It's uh, it's the exact same thing. Uh, and I'm not seeing now. I don't know where I was going with that. So I allowed myself to get uh, pretty distracted there. Um, oh, no, no, no. I do. I remember where I was going. Sorry. Uh, so on an episode of the Sports with Capital F podcast, I did an episode called Holiday Scam in a Can. Cause you, and it was around Christmas time. And I was sort of talking about um, how that time of year, the money, free money-making schemes are you know all about town i even recorded a commercial if i had it right now i'd play it for you because it's something i'm pretty proud of Uh, maybe i'll put it at the end of this episode uh but anyway um social media though obviously as we're easing into fall you're starting to see them come like more and more frequently and the interesting one i always see this time of year and especially at the beginning of the year is these deals with like detox uh, regimens and treatments, you know, uh, drink this thing and have, and you'll poo out all the toxins in your body and people will not get away from this. I, you cannot convince people that these, uh, detoxes and body cleanses aren't, you know, working wonders for them. And a lot of times it's as simple as drinking a bunch of water And uh, a lot of times it involves like blended up vegetables and tons of sugar, which is sort of seems counterintuitive to like if you're like losing weight and feeling better. But most of them just involve drinking tons of water and, uh, you know, not eating crap. And people are like, I feel so much better. Like, yeah, you drank water. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to drink water. 
That's how you stay alive. The, the existence of life on this planet, everything about our ability to exist as a species is because of water. All of it, it all of it is about water for us. As we understand life, it is entirely about water. And as people, especially in the Western world, not drinking enough water, it's a pretty effective way to be like, you're cleaning all the toxins out of your body when in reality this person feels hydrated for the first time since they were seven, you know? And, uh, but you see them, you see them all over the place. And my argument's the same every time when it comes to these detoxes. First of all, always look at the person trying to sell it to you. That's definitely where you start. Um, but also that if these were removing toxins and heavy metals from your body and cleaning you out, why don't they use these various systems on the children in like Flint, Michigan, or the people who live, live in Japan who were, got radiation poisoning from the Fukushima power plant, right? Or the, you know, if someone gets lead poisoning, why don't they just put them on one of these detox? It removes toxins from your body, right? If you were to be exposed to something toxic, yeah, you'd get bit by a poisonous snake. You know, in Australia, if you get bit by a black mamba, when you go to the hospital, they make you a big jug of juice with some lemon juice and some ground up sugary spinach in it. That's what they do. Removes the toxins. They're like, yeah, drink this, have a poo, you're good to go. Because clearly that is how that works. I don't know. And I guess, I guess it's people's desire for these like quick fix things to like how they feel or their chakras or whatever, that people really make a substantial living, uh, speaking to those things and selling people things they don't need. When, when I was younger and I would hear about these things and I could tell someone was taking intellectual liberties with large groups of people, I would be like, that person is dishonest and they are, uh, you know, to blame for this, for going after people and their money in such an underhanded and shifty way. But also, first of all, that's how almost anybody comes for your money. And second of all, the information is out there. If you choose to give somebody money in installments, like large quantities to either consume or consume and now sell something that is, you know, pretty easy to wrap your head around. Like it's a scam that you should really be able to consider. And if you're taken in by that, I can understand it because we all want someone to fix whatever's wrong with us. Because, my God, if there was a shake I could drink that would fix the things that were wrong with me, I'd be all over it. But it doesn't exist. You know? It's not really a thing. And uh, so I understand how people get taken by this. But the information is there. And if you know me and you're into one of these things, you will uh, hear what I just had to say. That's why that thesis seems so uh, well-constructed. And I don't want to say rehearsed because I just blithered it right now. If it was rehearsed, I would hope it would sound better. But pretty well thought out. Give you a few examples of why what you're saying doesn't make any sense. And then now as I get older, you know, and I don't want to work 
until they put me in a box. I'm like, man, kind of wish I was selling these detox kits to people. But, you know, you got to do it with a straight face. For me, it's the same thing as, you know, I've always been like, I should have just been a preacher. I should have like ran a church. You get the one book. You just got to be really good at talking about the one book. These, you know, that's a, as far as a lifelong pursuit of telling people stories and then telling people how they affect their lives and how they should give you their money. It's one book. It's one collection of stories. You really wouldn't even have to know all of them. But what you have to do is do it with a straight face. And I couldn't, you know, and there, and there are some people who do that in a less maniacal way who do it because it's really a calling to them. And that's beautiful. But a lot of the people I'm exposed to in the media who are telling those stories are clearly doing it for money. And they're just really, really really adept at doing it with a straight face. And I don't, I don't know. I just don't know if I have that gear, you know, especially once people started biting, when you see you really have them, when you see you really have them and that collection plate goes out and people are just dumping their money into it and you can't, you can't, you can't break. You can't, (laughs) you can't do that. You can't break. Got to stay on message. There's another preaching and being a politician are two things I would not be very good at. But I and sell it. But selling detox stuff, I think you know, because you could just record videos like I'm doing this. I could do 20 takes and eventually keep a straight face when I'm like, this water is removing toxins from your body. Yeah. I think I think I could do it in video form, but certainly not in front of everybody, you know, something else, man, something else out there, how people make a living. And I don't, and I don't, you know, I definitely want to close this podcast by saying, I don't judge anybody who makes a living like that. Uh, I was really just relating that as to why I haven't chosen one of those paths as a way to supplement my income. Cause some of those people do, you can't deny that. I mean, there are preachers out there who are preaching in buildings the size of football stadiums regularly breaking for commercial or inserted directly into their message as how important it is that that person has your money and they don't pay any taxes. So calling reality, whatever it may be, to me, that's a bit undeniable. And if you wouldn't give your money to one of those guys... Don't give your money to somebody who's going to be like, now drink all this water. Don't you feel better? Because of course you do. Anyway, this is the One Graham Army Podcast, and I'm Graham, and I hope you feel better about whatever you got going on. Everything's going to be fine. We're getting this week started. We'll see what next week holds. Tony should be back next weekend. That'll be nice. Something to break this up a little bit. And... uh now, you know you boys owe me a lot of money for that beer you drank tonight. God damn it. Yeah, see? Got to get better with the soundboard, too. Although that's a great clip. Never forget Blues Brothers, one of the greatest films of all time. And I have certainly stretched this out as long as I could. Don't forget, hit the hotline, 847-665-9238. You have a fantastic week, everybody. And I will see you uh, 
you know. Welcome. One Graham. One Graham. Welcome to the One Graham Army podcast. Welcome. One, 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 one Graham. Welcome. One One Graham. Welcome. One One One, one, one Graham. Welcome to the One Graham Army podcast.